0: If you if you have me in a room and someone farts, I'm gonna laugh. There's nothing in the world that would make that not happen. Absolutely, unequivocally, nothing.
1: I remember when I was a kid? Um, it was after it was in a movie theater, and it was like after the movie got out, and so basically there's like these huge lines in at the urinals in the mm-hmm. bathroom and like everyone's deadly silent mm-hmm. and someone just farted and it was like super loud and echoed and just one by one everyone started cracking up like it was the funniest thing to everyone <gasps> and then the guy like it kind of died down a little uh-huh. and the guy went excuse me
0: And it just erupted again. <laughs> That's a great story. <laughs> it was,
1: yeah, it really made an impression on me. Um,
0: okay, I'm Alex.
1: I'm Warren. This is Personal Effects. Uh, who do we have on the show today, Alex?
0: We have Brendan and Shelby from Tahoma Growers. Brendan's actually my electrician. He owns a company called Phase 2 Electric, and uh, he moonlights as a farmer or maybe he moonlights as an electrician i don't know but (laughs) (laughs) uh he was just over here one time telling me all these like really just great stories about his farm and um so he maybe reluctantly agreed to come and talk to us with a microphone in front of his face (laughs) and i guess it's worth mentioning that the thing they grow is marijuana
1: probably worth it (laughs) Um, Back in 2014, Washington State had a lottery that gave away these permits to grow marijuana in the state. Thousands of people applied. Brendan and Shelby became part of this group that actually got one. So here's their story.
2: Um, I'm Brendan Cook. I'm part owner of Tahoma Growers.
3: My name is Shelby Talmadge. I am a... Former CEO of Tahoma Growers. Uh, well, we actually grew up in the same town, but we never really knew each other because we're a couple years apart, and we became friends really through Tahoma Growers.
2: So Mike, the original owner, Mike and Nikki. Nikki is Shelby's sister, and Mike is Nikki's future husband. <laughs> they're they're working on it. I would say <laughs> they're on their they're going on their second kid, but they're
3: married. We can say it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Mike and Nikki bought property in Goldendale. At one point, we wanted to make a camping commune. Like, that was one plan. And then, both being accountants and both business-driven, Mike's like, why don't I apply for this license? We already have this land that just so happens to be in the prime growing conditions in Washington for weed.
0: How many people uh, applied for licenses? Do you know?
3: Oh, man. I want to say at the beginning, like, the first round was around 10,000 and under 1,000 got them.
1: How much
2: time passed before you actually got the results?
3: I would say about a year, around a year.
2: Yeah, I think it took quite a while for Washington State to really get their heads around how it was going to work and, and all the laws around it.
3: Right at the beginning when everyone was fighting for permits, I know a guy that it cost $250 to get the permit, immediately sold it for 250000 I mean, a lot of people were seeing that, and that was their whole plan was to get the permit and sell it.
1: What was what was the the feeling like when you got it?
3: Um, well we were ecstatic. We felt so lucky and so Millionaires. privileged. Millionaires. <laughs> we we were talking these dreams <laughs> oh of half of us were very passionate about the farming part and getting out of the nine to five desk and living off of the land and Mike and Tony were passionate about marijuana and that was their dream. My sister and I on the other side were like, This could retire us before 30, you know? I was like, <laughs> I could be so rich, I was going to travel the world.
2: When I first heard that I was going to be offered a percentage of the company, I was like, mom, dad, we made it. <laughs> made it. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. We don't have to live together no more. <laughs>
3: now looking back, that is so laughable that I even had that that dream. Uh, it was a cool thought. People kept saying this new billion dollar industry in Washington only this many licenses this is what you're going to make in a year and that just that was just not what happened
2: it's a permit they issue mm-hmm. And then you have to meet their guidelines and then they issue a license. And it's like a three strike rule. Like Mm -hmm. you do it once, you fail, you do it twice, you fail, you do it three times, you fail, there's, they're going to revoke your license because it's just not worth it to them. So we
3: got the permit and then immediately had to figure out how we were going to get electricity, water, build this fence, um, with not, with not much money, (laughs) you know, we didn't have investment money. So then you only had a certain amount of time and a certain amount of extensions to get the final approval. So like, hey, we have people knocking on our door for these licenses. We have stores that don't have product. Get it together. And to
2: Washington, it's tax dollars.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Tahoma Growers is located in beautiful Goldendale, Washington.
3: <laughs> it's not somewhere you're going to visit unless you have something you have to see there, pretty
2: much. Um, the area has hundreds of windmills so they built this fence where we're all gung-ho like oh we're getting so this is i believe september of 2014 when yeah. you got the license yes yeah and then a couple months in i came aboard and um we we're coming into the winter and the wind gusts around there are horrendous well we had only worked the farm every weekend like try to build it and then we'd go back to our daily jobs Monday through Friday and then drive four hours to Goldendale every weekend and build this farm well so we build the whole fence we have it all done and I'm getting ready to put the camera system in because that's the other part of the 502 you have to be under a hundred percent surveillance well we get this whole fence built we leave come or we leave all week come back we heard the windstorms were pretty bad we come back and like literally three quarters of the fence is leveled when we get back there just blown across the field (laughs) and then we had a fence inspector out there and he was like what are you guys doing like you have to put actual posts in the ground and not metal (laughs) (laughs) t-bar
3: no i honestly don't know why they put the farm there it is on a hill and it's not that easy to get to so it's the worst thing ever
2: Tahoma growers is raw land. Uh, All that's on there is electrical, like power, Um, really primitive running water, whereas you have to hook up like a generator and get it going. There's just a ton of work. I don't think people realize. You think you just grow a plant and (laughs) call it good. Well,
3: None of us had farm experience. Not not one of us. Um, Whether you're growing marijuana or blueberries I mean you need you do need some of that experience to just start from nothing
2: it's marijuana you know like you gotta look at what people are making in the black market and now it's legal and you can sell across the board so you're automatically thinking like oh, this is huge money and then reality hits it's like well there's also almost 300 other people doing the same thing you are at a scale Ten times the size of you. And starting
3: with investment Millions. money. Um, and starting with farm experience. N- Mike and Nikki had to sell their house to pay for it. At one point, we all lived in in my house, one big happy family, a little two-bedroom. Oh, for and how long? Of, I think it was about nine months. So it was 1,100-square-foot house with three big dogs, three adults, uh one, one baby, one one-year-old, and all just trying to make it work you know
2: it was a dark time at a home of
1: course
3: I've had a lot of sales jobs and this by far was the hardest sales job I've ever had and I went in definitely blind, thinking it was going to be so. You should have heard
2: Shelby at the beginning of all this.
3: <laughs> well, at the very I got beginning, the easiest hey.
2: job. But
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, the beginning, uh, before we had product and stores were short, they were calling me for product. And as a salesperson, that's a dream for them to be calling you. Name your price, okay? Like yeah. Yeah. But we don't product for a year, but keep me in mind. And then by the time we got product, it was saturated and it stayed that way. So.
2: I think uh, I th- a lot of the struggle right now is there's not enough retail stores. I know they're trying to get a lot more open because um, the market is there and and the prices keep dropping. So it's it's really gouging the black market. The lower those prices drop, the more consumer you're going to get just because, you know, they're not going to their buddy for an eighth anymore. You know, they're going up to the corner store for for whatever they want.
3: And when we originally started, we thought, well, outdoor, we definitely have the upper hand of indoor, so we have a huge leg up. We also are no pesticides, all organic, family owned. I do think we overestimated kind of how much the consumer will really look for that. Right now, people are looking, seems like, just for price, bottom line. Right. And I don't blame them for that.
2: And I think smoking, like, obviously, I smoke marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> Like when smoking, you could take a hit off of oil and get high, and then you could take a hit off of a bowl or a joint that has everything in it, and it's going to be a whole different effect. That oil is a quick high. Mm -hmm. And then when you smoke the actual flower, it's a lot different, you know. And I think, you know, being pesticide-free and like not jacking it with a bunch of chemicals, it's like buying an organic fruit. Or something like that, you just feel better about eating it, right?
3: And outdoor weed looks it looks different. It's not as crystally. There's we deal with wind. Is that your
1: is that your sales pitch? Is that what you tell to to stores when you No, I haven't, (laughs)
3: but I guess it could be part of it. It just looks different. (laughs) It It does look different though, you know? Um
2: To be an outdoor grower in eastern Washington, you could ask any of them, this year was tough. Last year we were in tank tops and shorts in October trimming this weed. This year we were bundled up in coats. Um, it was raining the whole time. We were, we we're frantically trying to put covers over these plants because you, you, know, you start getting that moisture and humidity in the air, it just starts setting in on that bud. And right now there's actually three, about three feet of snow over there and it is making life hell. Like, we were in a hole before, and when you're, like, working in mud or, or whatever, it's one thing, but now that the snow has come, it's like, we have, we have deer trails. One to our grow, one to the cabin we built for staying out there, and then one to the fridge.
3: At one point, on the hottest day of the year, 102 degrees, we're like, let's order this shed kit, not have him drop it off at the farm, but bring it down to the farm, there's three of us, One guy got heat stroke. I mean, (laughs) stuff like that was like, we had never worked in that heat. We didn't know, we just didn't know. You know, my sister and I have been been best friends forever. We're sisters, best friends, and I'm so lucky to have her, but it put definitely a strain on on those relationships, uh, on relationships that I thought were so solid that there's no way Doing business together and going into business would ever shake those. And the reality of it is when you are that financially stressed, time stressed, I mean, we were driving eight hours a weekend and working full time jobs to try and get this off the ground, it's gonna put a strain on those relationships. Um, Brendan and I, sometimes we're best friends, sometimes we won't talk for months <laughs> and hate each other. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's the reality of it because it's just such a, and you're spending so much time together too. I'm not involved as much. I don't I don't really go out to the farm anymore. <laughs> I just couldn't put up with Brendan anymore, <laughs> honestly. <what's> <laughs> well, I
2: no. Shut up.
3: I hate to admit this, but it just got to the point where my mortgage was past due, my credit card bills were, were piling up, and I just didn't want that stress anymore. And in the past, I'd worked for sales and marketing for brands such as, if you've heard of like Pirate's Booty, Pop Chips, it's just kind of what I've always done after college, and they've always been great. And I just, I knew I could get back in that industry.
2: We have a neighbor, Lloyd, who is just the, one of the best human beings ever. Like when we couldn't get power across, we we spent like eight months trying to get power across this one property. And then we go to Lloyd, which his property uh, backs ours a little bit. He's like, yeah no problem okay. help me yeah. help me cut the trees down pretty much because we had to level a ton of his trees to bring power across and we're very close with him his wife just passed away last summer or at the beginning of last summer so um i think we've tried to take him in a little bit um and then there's a local shop in goldendale like a little breakfast joint that we all kind of meet up at and there's a lot of old timers that know what we do but mm-hmm. they don't care you know I think at first they did it's not weird. It's opinion. you and
3: your little club, club old guys. Shelby's like, not go eat cool breakfast enough. Yet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I I honestly think we're like in our own little group. We've changed the perception of it a little bit. I think they're when we first started going in there, they're like, "Ah, oh, look at these punk ass kids trying to grow drugs on our land." Oh, yeah, and um, and now that. They know who we are and know our personalities and stuff. They've definitely warmed up to us to the point where one of them is is friends with Nikki on Facebook and he comments on everything she posts. (laughs) And
3: that is true friendship. Right. (laughs) Right?
2: (laughs) And so I think it's just going to get better with the years. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. We have a decent company in the electrical.
3: I think, too, just the potential of the... Marijuana industry—it's so new, and who knows what what the limit's going to be? I mean, one day, say it's federally legalized—who knows? What, just the—I think just the holding on that.
2: at that point, like it's not like we're dying, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, her sister might have a different outlook on that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> there was no water. There was no electricity to make that into a farm with no farm experience is such a cool thing. I mean just that in itself, I don't I will never look at Tomagor's as a failure because of that.
2: There's no way I would ever want to give up on this though. That's for sure.
0: Have you guys ever discussed that? Um like, has it ever gotten like
2: in the heat of the moment, there's definitely like, hey, we should sell this shithole. <laughs> yeah, <should> sell it. <laughs> Get it. And I'm believe it or not a very Very high-strung guy when it comes to work, and um, I think Tahoma Growers, if anything, it taught me a shitload of patience.
3: You do seem very zen now.
2: Right?
0: Thank you so much to Brendan and Shelby for sitting down and talking with us. Uh, You guys are great. Just a couple of real stand-up dudes.
1: Yeah. Good luck with the weed farming there. Uh, Alex. It's time. We're done with the season. This is the end of our final episode of our first season. How do you feel?
0: My prayers have been answered.
1: <laughs> do you uh do you think uh we should keep going?
0: <sighs> I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We've actually got some pretty cool stuff already in the works for the next season but we'll see how that goes um what do
0: you mean we'll see how that goes
1: <laughs> no we, well you know stories sometimes don't go anywhere oh
0: i thought you were trying to be like cagey about
1: <laughs> like well oh, maybe i don't want to do another season <laughs> no i i mean this is my favorite thing in the world honestly and uh, i didn't mean to get all <laughs> sappy and you're sincere crying
0: there. <laughs> i can't believe you're crying right now
1: i am not crying i'm just cutting onions Yeah, so let's thank some people who helped us out along the way. First, I'll kick it off. I want to thank Pat, Patrick Flynn, your husband, who has done a majority of the music on the show and has just been real awesome, delightful to work with, and uh, really helped us out.
0: Uh, You can find a link to Patrick's SoundCloud on our website. And if you yourself are looking to commission some music for a podcast or a film or whatever, you can email him at patrickrflynn at gmail.com. Also, the link will be on our website. Thanks, dude. Also, we want to thank Janelle Langford for her awesome design work. She's done this whole season for every episode, for our website, for our Facebook, for everything. She's incredible. If you are looking to have some design work done for yourself.
1: You can find her at JanelleGraphicDesign.com.
0: We also want to thank our To generous patrons. Patrons, yeah. Um, Phil and my Aunt Pinky, if you yourself would like to donate a small amount of money to us.
1: There's a link to our Patreon page on our website. So personal effects is gonna go away for a little while. Um
0: if you're really jonesing for us in the meantime.
1: We haven't we have a new show for you.
0: Yeah. It's called uh catching up with Scotty.
1: Who is this Scotty?
0: Scotty is a friend of ours. He's a cool dude. He's a real renaissance man. He's a musician. He's a painter. He works at a restaurant.
1: He's hard to sum up, right? I think we should just give the listeners a taste.
0: Just a little taste.
1: So um, we just did our last episode, uh, and we thought we would just come and check in with you.
0: That sounds good. (laughs) Okay, so Scotty, because we're all together-ish, tell me and Warren what you're thinking for the show. Oh. For catching up with Scotty.
4: Okay, so, and I don't know, you know, like, I don't know if these ideas are good or not, but these are just my ideas.
2: I wrote some of them down, like, I'm like...
0: (laughs)
4: Right, so they'd obviously be, like, a theme song.
0: But... Yeah.
4: Okay.
1: But... Do you have an idea for the theme song?
4: I actually was working on some stuff. I, I wrote this thing that's pretty close to Fishing with John. <laughs> <That's sweet. laughs> okay, so...
1: So what's the show's thesis? What's the, like, hook of the show? The thesis? Yeah. <laughs> like, what... What I is think our
4: goal? That, okay, I think that maybe it's like. Like, you t- we just talk about what's going on in the world currently, right? Mm hmm. But we don't, like, I don't know, we just kind of, like, it's like we're both, like bullshitting about it or something. Right. Like it's not, like, serious. And, no. I don't
1: know. So, what would make it different than any other show like this? Like, than any other, like, just chat show? Because I remember when we first started talking about this, it was because you kind of lead a less internet-y life. You don't. Yep. <laughs> you're you're not like sheltered by any means because you get out and you work in the world and you listen to Cairo Radio all day. I do. <laughs> but uh, the stuff that's on the internet can kind of come as a surprise to you.
4: Uh, sure, and I don't see it. So yeah. so yeah. So I don't know. Like you start off, you do the intro songs, mm-hmm. and then we talk. And then there's, like, catching up, whatever, on social media. And then there's, like, an intro song for that.
0: Oh, so we're going to tell you about things that happen on, like, Facebook?
4: Well, I mean, just, like, one segment of the show.
0: Okay. Like, just, like, some things we've... Like, some good posts we've seen?
4: Yeah, just stuff I have, you know, I haven't seen. Maybe, like, people who keep up on social media already know about this, but maybe they want to know what, like people who don't care about social media think about it maybe
1: people who are outside of their bubble
4: yeah so it's like oh i know about this thing and then and everyone knows about it but like this guy doesn't and this is how he reacts to it okay i also have this segment that i came up with where i could read like my old journal (gasps) (laughs) things that i would bring
0: juicy is it juicy
4: I don't know if it'd be juicy, but I, I, I mean, I have so much stuff, and some of it's actually pretty good. Okay. And it's old, so it'd be like, I wrote this, you know, seven years ago.
0: Just and... a day in the life of Scotty?
1: So um, it'd just be, like, us revisiting seven years ago Scotty. Like, every now and then we just check in with you seven years ago.
0: Yeah, I mean, we could literally be like,
4: what was going on in my life, you know, seven years ago today? I think that's a great idea.
1: Mm-hmm. And so... Like that's a segment that we could do and the, but so like in my mind though it would have its own theme song too. oh that man, was... yes, themes for everything absolutely yeah,
4: every, everything would have a, a theme and it would have to be like I don't know, just be like saying what it, we're doing with music behind it, you know yeah. and
1: that's all. thanks for coming on our show, Scotty.
4: yeah are you guys you guys are recording this right now, right? Yep,
1: we're wrapping are it you up gonna use it yeah, I think so. Is that okay? You're going to be in the outro part. Yeah,
4: that's that's fine. Well, thanks. Yeah,
0: cool. Thanks, Scotty.
1: See you later. All uh, right. Yeah. I'll see you on Okay. Bye. Well, uh, I guess that about wraps it up. Um, you can find us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash personal effects podcast, Twitter, PFX Podcast, Instagram, Personal Effects Podcast. Our Gmail is Personal Effects Podcast at gmail.com. Until next season.
0: Sign our suckers.